KXNO. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Monday, final day of July. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon and Ken Miller for the next couple of hours talking sports with you. Appreciate you uh, tuning in here this morning. Here's the BMW of Des Moines guest list. Shapes up like this. Nick Oson, first of all, bottom of the hour on uh, Iowa State. Iowa State football media days coming up on Friday. So we'll talk to Nick about uh, what we may hear in advance of that or during that, etc. Uh, but Nick will join us here in about so 30 minutes. For the first of daily appearances throughout the month of August, with very few exceptions, uh, Chiefs may be on the road headed to a, a, uh, a preseason game, and that may prevent Mitch from joining us. But it's a daily occurrence. If you're a fan of the Kansas City Chiefs, if you're a fan of the NFL, um, 11.50 each and every day. Mitch Holtis, the voice of the Chiefs, joins Trent and I uh, with a uh, pertinent Chiefs topic and look forward to those segments here starting here in uh, 50 minutes. So Mitch Holtis and Nick Oson in hour number one. Hour two, baseball conversation with Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com, trade deadline tomorrow. A lot of uh, topics on the agenda for Matt, including the circling the drain Minnesota Twins. Welcome back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, we'll get to Scott Dockerman, who covers Iowa and the uh, Big Ten uh, before Trent's plays of the day, Circus Sports sponsor those. You heard the voice. You recognize the voice. He's back. How are you? I'm doing well. So a uh, few things have changed since I, I went away a week ago, huh? Well, what happened? Well, let's see. Uh, the Cubs are good. Yeah, they are. Well, yeah, I think they are. The Twins suck. That's true. At least past in Kansas City they did. Twitter is no more. No, it's X. What the hell is that? That's his rebranding. And now we have football every day, every week, mm-hmm. until February. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. It's not bad, is it? Yeah. No. I'll take that over X. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, when it's my, my phone updates, whatever day that was, just an automatic update, and it's on my front screen, as I'm sure it is on the front of your iPad. Yeah, and maybe. I don't know. What is this? What is X? Because I was unplugged. You really were. I was unplugged. Now, on purpose, or is there, are, is there no cell service? Cellular? Both. Yeah. Because oh, you're in Tennessee. Yes, we're in the mountains. Mm-hmm. And yeah, cell service was not really a thing. <laughs> Did which, you drink out of a jug? <laughs> a little moonshine. Did you really? Oh, no, absolutely. What does it taste like? Uh, rubbing alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. It leaves a little burn so going down. When you, when you have a cut and you want to put some of that right, on, the, right. that's what it tastes like. Yeah, got a little bit of that. We stopped at a moonshine place. It has all kinds of flavors, too. Yeah. Like, uh, what's the big southern uh, dessert? Moon pies. They have like a moon pie flavored one and then you know cherry, peach, whatever. Mm-hmm. Different flavor that they put in there. Apple pie, that's always kind of a famous one that I know people make. But yeah, so had a little moonshine. Did had a you lot ever of watch the show, The Moonshiners? I never did. I've watched it. I've watched quite a few. During the pandemic, I watched so yeah, much of that yeah. crap, right? And so, but uh, it was all right, anyways. <laughs> Got you going a little bit? A little bit, yeah. yeah. Popcorn was the guy's name, the star of the show, Popcorn. He was a 90, 80 something year old dude, and everybody I looked the up to Popcorn. Yes. But uh, got that. A lot of unplugging. Watched a little baseball. Watched the Twins against the Mariners one night when they blew the lead. They came back and won it. Well, listened on the way home a couple of times, but. That was basically a day. It was very much an unplugged kind of week for well, me. Good for you. 
and now ready to go. But catching up after Big Ten Football Media Days, mm-hmm. did a lot of reading on that mm-hmm. last night and had to get my podcast out for today. So a lot of catching up, but I'm ready to go. Football season is upon us, and Thursday it starts, well, kind of for real. No, right? I'm with you, Trent. It starts on Thursday, the yeah. Hall of Fame game. I'll watch some of it anyways mm-hmm. just to see the, uh, you'll hear the voices, the, the broadcast, and uh, I'm in. I'm with you, totally with you. Uh, of course, Rodgers isn't going to play, but Zach Wilson is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so some of the backups will be in the football game, but it's football. It's football, and thank God it's football. Uh, and then Iowa State's media days are this Friday, the following week, Iowa, and then Saturday's the kids' day after mm-hmm. that. By then, we'll be in the throes of NFL preseason games. And look, August is going to fly by, and then it's going to just take up another notch when it just goes through uh, September in the football season. But enjoy and relish every single minute of it. Baseball's been good uh, over the last uh, couple of weeks. Well, certainly since you've been gone, there's been some terrific games. Cubs got hot, as you mentioned. Got in a real role. Trading uh, trade deadline is tomorrow. Starting to see some big names. Mets are waving the white flag. Probably the right decision, even though they're only six and a half games out in the wild card. But that seems like it's too much to overcome. Nationally, wild card's going to be just bananas to follow this down the stretch. Yeah. So many teams right there with a legitimate shot. I guess including the Cubs, who begin play tonight. Three and a half out. Mm-hmm. And a four-game series at Wrigley Field against the division-leading Cincinnati Reds. It's a fun series, huh? It is a fun series. Absolutely fun series. And now I have a decision to make of what I do with that 25-1 to ticket that I have on the Reds to win the division that I got way back oh in late May, early June, whenever that was, before Dela Cruz made his yep. way up. Though he's been struggling. I was reading well, a little bit about Well, except for the that. weekend. He kind of came out of the, in, in L.A. this weekend. But yeah, he... Um, had a little bit of a, a drop off. I mean, he couldn't keep up what <laughs> right. he was doing. Right, the pace was oh, ridiculous. My God. But uh, yeah, he got it going as the um, the Reds blew out the Dodgers yesterday. Anyways, um, Cubs, Reds, good series. Cardinals selling their dudes, um, but not all of their guys. Arnado apparently not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. The, the same rumor, with Goldschmidt, probably so. Right, because yeah. I think Goldschmidt's got. A year or two of uh, of left on his contract, so we'll see. But they're going to sell a bunch of pieces. We'll have Brian Walton tomorrow from the Cardinals. That'll be the last time we talk to Brian, I'm mm-hmm. guessing, until next year, because the Cardinals are yeah. circling the drain, and their season is, well, as far as playoff uh, possibilities, over. So on the local front, Big Ten Football Media Days. Mm-hmm. Mentioned I was playing catch-up, but what did I miss? What were your kind of main takeaways well, from... When it comes to Iowa, Ferentz loves his offensive line. Yeah. That's my main takeaway. And you know what? I don't think, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, I don't think that Ferentz goes out of his way to praise a unit. I'm sure he's heaped praise on, um, in the Pam, he's been there forever, right? Mm-hmm. So there's probably a time or two. But when he talks about his offensive line, I think it's my attention, right? That's his specialty. There's one year that popped into my memory when I was reading through that, and different circumstances, but it was Kirk Ferentz. Now, it's also Kirk Ferentz 18 years ago, but it was going into the well, 2004 year when they lost everybody up front. They lost, or going into 2005. They lost some dudes up front. You had, what, Kenny Webema and that whole crew, and it was early Mitch King, early yep. Matt Kroll, yep. freshmen that are out there. And I remember him saying, they're going to be all right. And they ultimately were. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't right away. Now, again, different circumstances. We're talking about veterans here that have been around and haven't been very good, as opposed to new guys going in there. But I remember at that time hearing Kirk and saying, boy, he's higher on this defensive line than most. 
and it disappointed yeah, that year. Yeah. And even though you had Chad Greenway back behind him mm-hmm. and Abdul Hodge, Boy, those linebackers. That trio linebackers was unreal. They couldn't cover up, though, nope. very green defensive line. This is different, though. But I, mm-hmm. I just remember that praise, and that was the first thing that jumped to mind. Because you're right. It's rare, and certainly a group that is as maligned as that offensive line was. Uh-huh. That offensive line might have been worse than his 99 offensive line last year. That's how bad they were. <sighs> Boy, that's... Um... And that 99 line was playing Robert Gallery at like 260 pounds of tackle mm-hmm. as he was transforming from a tight end. But it didn't take him long to turn it around, no. did they? Steinbach early on. Yeah. Bruce Nelson was like 250 pounds. They were little, <laughs> but they turned into studs by the end of it. That's the one that jumped out there. But you're right. That was, I thought, a huge takeaway. Uh-huh. And not just that. He likes George Barnett, the offensive line coach, doesn't he? He did mention that. I'm glad you brought that up because I didn't spend enough time on that. Yeah, because he's taken some arrows, oh, clearly. Yes. Yeah. But look, it, it, Logan Jones was just thrown in there last year. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and you know, snap the football in the Big Ten. I know you've never done it before, but you'll be fine. Well, and that's a huge component. We just figured, well, we've seen this transition before, but not like that. No. Not taking over for an All-American. Leonard Baum, maybe once in a generation he kind might of be. talent at the yeah, center position. Be. Just how good he was and thought... Well, there'll be a drop off, but it's not. It was significant, it's huge, and, and he was bad. Nick DeYoung. I uh, got into a conversation. Who do you think's better, DeYoung or Connor Colby? I think it's Colby, but I'll defer to you. Yeah, it, you know that's that's one DeYoung for whatever reason. It just felt like every time that I keyed in on him, he, he was blowing an assignment. I mean, just time mm. into time out. Now, is that also quarterback? Is that the right line calls and going back to the center position? Those kind of things. We'll see, but they have nine guys that they feel confident with going into the season, and some depth there. That's, that's a luxury. Thing. Yes, that's a luxury. Having they have guys behind them for the first time. They have depth, guys that have started, starting experience, nine deep at the offensive line position. Now, one thing that Ference has done so many times is dinking around with that offensive line all through the non-conference, and sometimes early into the Big Ten conference portion of the season, and they're still trying to find out that right combination. You hope that that's not the case, that they can find the No, figure it out in August. Right. Get this thing figured Uh out and run. And yes, there's going to be guys that are still going to get snaps and going to get series, and it's not going to be five guys and five guys only, but figure out here in August exactly what that right combination is because if they do, if they figure out offensive line, Mm -hmm. the 25 points per game is going to be... Oh, they'll blow by that. Yes, absolutely. It's going to be a funny conversation piece for national and Big Ten Uh media to... (laughs) Yeah, for the first couple of games. Right. And then they'll realize, you know what, this offense isn't bad. Right. And if they go out there and, no, look, it's not about scoring 45 against Western Michigan or against right. Utah State. But they go out there and they put 31 up against Iowa State. You're like, mm-hmm. whoa, against that Iowa State mm-hmm. defense? That's impressive. Yeah. They go out there and, and they put up 20, 21 points against Penn State. Okay, now we have something here. That's where we're going to have the, the questions that are answered. And I think they have a chance if, and it's a big if, that offensive line is figured Well, out. I'll defer to Kirk Ferentz on that because he, yeah. that, that's where he uh, made his bread and butter after all. Uh, as far as the Big 12, Trent, what did you miss? Obviously, you missed Colorado yeah. joining the league. That, that was another pretty big one, huh? That was pretty big. Uh, and then it remains to be seen because they're just not going to stay with an odd number of teams. Mm-hmm. They're going to go out and find somebody else. Apparently, did, I, did I see that in a 13-team conference you can't play a nine-game schedule? Mathematically, that, that mathematically, it didn't work. I thought uh, I saw that. Somewhere. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I don't think we're going to have to find that out because I believe Arizona is coming this week. You do. I do. You're buying the Arizona. I'm okay. buying Arizona. I, I think that that uh, Klyavkov's going to try and 
a Hail Mary tomorrow, apparently. They're going to all get together and try and convince everybody to stay and everything's going to be fine. I think Arizona's already made up their mind that they're going to be next. Uh, will it stop there? Um, Chris said it had a little nugget on Friday. Chris Williams saw it, uh, and, I, and I've seen it prior to him coming on. The, the networks, meaning Fox and ESPN, because whoever joins the Big 12 does so at a full share. 31 million. 30, yep. yeah, they, they don't have, you know, you only get 50%, mm-hmm. then the next year 60, blah, blah, blah. You come aboard, you're good to go. Um, the networks apparently may be tapping the brakes on a little bit, but heck, if, if Oregon and Washington really decide that they want to come, and I'm not saying that they do, mm-hmm. but if Arizona goes, I mean, what's left of the Pac 12? And until the Big Ten decides that they want to expand, if they want to expand, Petiti said the morning that Colorado made the jump, that we're fine, we are not exploring uh, in any uh, realignment at this time. And then a couple hours later, the Colorado news hits the wires. So we'll, we'll see there. Uh, as far as Iowa State news, really nothing. Um, media days this week. I'll tell you my biggest takeaway from Iowa State last week was being in Ames with Heather uh, doing the drive. I was blown away by the Suco Center. Oh, yeah? I was blown away. Um, that's the front door to their university. Mm-hmm. That is, and they did it right. It really looks good. I mean, they. I don't know how much it cost, but... Um, it's a pretty impressive structure. Now, it's a little cold, right? but they probably could have adjusted the air conditioning. But <laughs> No, it was, it was fun to be up there. I was glad I, I finally uh, you know, got to go in it because it was uh, well done. Oh, that's good. Yep. Yeah, and we just, we wait. You know, going back to the Iowa perspective on the gambling investigation, it felt like they thought they would know, right? Well, I'm not so sure they don't. I've had a couple of people chirping at me that think that they may be some clarity, and now the decision that they have to wrestle around with is how do we announce it? Mm-hmm. How do how does this become public? Um, and I guess maybe we'll find out if we don't before Friday. We might find out Friday mm-hmm. because once Campbell does his talk. And the media is then released from that room that they do that in, and everybody runs out onto the field where the players are awaiting. Mm-hmm. Who's everybody going to be looking for? Where's Deckers? Right. Have we seen Deckers? Yeah. Um, you're looking for 15. Yeah, you're looking for the quarterback. That, that's, and it didn't matter if this wasn't hanging out over on top of it. Right. That's where most everybody would go Everybody's anyway. Everybody's going to go looking yes. for Hunter Deckers. Um, and if he's there, obviously he's going to be asked questions. So that might be the first kind of hint um, but I don't know. Maybe we'll find out something this week. Maybe we will. We said that how many times? <laughs> well, it's it's. I mean, practices start. I mean, yeah. can't fall camps get underway? I think if there's, I mean, what are they waiting on? What what possibly could they be? Wait- I I got on my tinfoil hat last week, and and I still think maybe there's something to this. When it was Enrique was suspended for Denver mm-hmm. for gambling. Oh yeah. Do you think that's his first bet when he got to Colorado? Mm-hmm. Probably not, right? Right. So when they started looking into this thing, did they, oh, maybe go back the year before? Well, hang on a second. The year before, mm-hmm. the kid that just got busted with the Broncos was there. I don't know. Uh, did that delay things? Did they go back? They keep going back deeper until legalized gambling came to the state of Iowa? I have no idea. But I didn't think it was, um, I, I didn't think it was that big of a stretch to at least put that on the table. Is the DCI going to come out with a report? Are we going to hear something from... Because it feels like we have to, right? Mm -hmm. This is a state agency. Mm -hmm. They are investigating state schools. Yep. It feels like something has to be handed down for public knowledge, correct? 
You would think, although uh, another Though thing, these are all misdemeanors. Well, that's what I was told. There might be some slap on the wrist coming. Oh, absolutely. I, I think the Noah Shannon one absolutely tells you he's not going to be sitting out four games. No. Maybe a game or two, but Maybe that would be the most. Maybe a game or two. Right. But that would be the absolute most. They would not have him out there if he was going to be one of the, I don't know, the poster, poster child, child. Right. right. Of, of exactly what it was and this is not what to do because he's sitting out four games uh-huh. or even a full season. Right. That's not going to be the case there. I think you're going to see a lot of that. Again, if you're gambling underage, it is a misdemeanor. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're falsifying information, you're getting a little bit deeper, if you're taking people's... If you've got a proxy to make your bets for you. Yes. If you're taking people's information without their knowledge, now we're getting into and that's part of it. rungs. That's, that may be what um, that started this whole mess, correct? Yes, absolutely. That's kind of the way that I heard mm-hmm. it. So connecting all these dots, it's still... So murky as we sit a day away from August, and we thought it was May the second that this hit the fan. This thing is going to be wrapped up. We'll have this will be a great story for us in the summer, and mm-hmm. that'll kill a couple of days mm-hmm. in maybe June or July. Mm-hmm. Well, July is here; it's over, coming it's, to an end. Right, and August starts tomorrow, and still not much clarity. But you're right. I mean, there when you have the media day like that, and it's not just Deckers, but mm-hmm. all the other names, veteran names, names that. People definitely would hear from and definitely would ask the question sure. because these names have been out there for yep. a very long time. And if not, they're not out there or I can't talk about that, that's going to lead to a lot more speculation. If you're Iowa State, you want to have this out. Yeah. Now, maybe you don't know and maybe you say just that. We don't know what the suspensions are, but here's the names. You could go that route. We don't know if they're... I don't know. It's incredibly difficult, but if like you Hunter said. Hunter Deckers isn't on the field on Friday when the media leaves Matt Campbell and his opening remarks and his Q&A session. If he's not out there, that's going to be, I mean, that Twitter's going to go crazy. Because yeah. the first person to hit the field is going to be looking for him. Their app's going to be open to Twitter or X, whatever the hell it is. Um, and, and we're going to be looking for that. So I, I think that, um, you know, Iowa State might break some news this week because Iowa's event is until next week. Who knows? Week early, yeah. Going first sometimes is really good. In this instance, maybe not as good. Yeah, right? they just they don't know how they're going to make this news public. Can you just put out a release, or um, I don't know what we're gonna we're gonna find out. And maybe Nick Olson has some information, and he's going to join us here uh, in about ten minutes. Look forward to catching up with uh, Nick. Uh, football, basketball. If there is any basketball news uh, still hanging out there uh, from last week, we'll pick Nick's brain on that. But pumped up to talk with. Uh, Mitch Holtis, the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, he joins uh, Trent and I every single day, Monday through Friday from 11 till 50, unless the team is on the road. Um, there may be a couple of times, but very few, seemingly, we don't get Holtis. Mark's been patient. Mark, thanks for hanging in there. How are you? You bet. Doing great. Love the show. Thank I didn't you. really need to come on the air either, but I was going to confirm to you guys that you can't take an odd number of teams, time an odd number of games mm-hmm. to get a uh, schedule that works. Gotcha. Um, I know. I was told there'd be no math, but uh, <laughs> but, but yeah. yeah, nine times thirteen. They can't all play nine games. So. Yeah, that makes sense. Mark, thanks for listening. Appreciate yep. it. Thanks, you Chevy. Bet. Thank yep. you. Yeah. I was told there would be no math. No, good, good one. Um, yeah, so, so that doesn't go they got to add, they gotta add another team. The Arizona. Let's say it happens. Mm-hmm. Look at basketball in this conference. Oh, ridiculous. God. Oregon, Washington. Knowing that, what yes, do they do? For the Big 12? No, what do they do? If if Arizona leaves and you're Oregon and Washington, and now you know that your conference has eight teams, Mm -hmm. are you going to open up your arm? Oh, San Diego State's here. We're safe. Oh, Boise State. 
No, you're not safe. You're not. But a path to a football playoff where you would still have a bid is really, really good path in that league. For them, how many do you need? How many teams in your league do you need in order to have that? Is it 12? I don't believe there's a number that was ever put in that. Yeah, when it was put together, and at least in the interim for the first couple of Uh years until they reopen for the first two seasons, I believe it is going to be those automatic bids for the top five conferences Mm -hmm. and then one more automatic bid for the group of five. We still have that bid. York and Washington saying, all right, so we got to beat each other. That's That's the only game on their schedule. Oregon State. Oregon State is better this year. Yes, and they took a step last year. They major step last year. But Wazoo, Arizona State, Cal, Arizona State hasn't put it together in 30 years. No, they got a hell of a quarterback. This Delores Clint. No, let's give it to Arizona. Um, They're terrible. They've been god awful. Arizona's not good football. No. And it's, we'll we'll see. Um, I just don't know if you're Oregon and Washington. Doesn't it seem like you're playing junior varsity football if you stick around? But you get in the playoff. Maybe you have well, a home one game. of you does. You get a home game. Well, one team's twelve or thirteen and zero. The other one's twelve and one. They're probably mm-hmm. both going to be in there mm-hmm. in that instance. What makes more sense? <sighs> now, both of those programs look at the Big Twelve and say, "All right, if it's twenty million here in the Pac-12, thirty-one in the Big Twelve. And twenty million is seemingly the number. Yes, that, I, that's what I've continued mm-hmm. to read here over the weekend. Is that twenty million dollar range is what they're looking at? But the path in a sixteen team league really difficult. Mm-hmm. Or this eight team league, or even ten if they add SMU and San Diego State, and maybe they go to twelve Jeez. with Boise and somebody else. Whatever it is, yeah. Well, that path is much more realistic, and it's much more realistic not just to win the conference title, but also put together an eleven one season. And maybe get there as an at-large and be the 10th, 11th, 12th team also in the playoff. It's, but is that long-term sustainability? Well, so from a Big 12 perspective, knowing that their eye is at the Big 10. Yeah. And not knowing what the end game is. Who cares what the end game is? That's the way that I look at See, it. See, I'm with you. And you know what? I got some pushback on that last week. Well, if we, or, if we take Oregon and we take Washington and two years later they get an invitation to come to the Big 10 you know, doesn't that make us look weak again? No, I don't yeah. think it does make you look weak again. Not at all. Who's to say that that invitation is ever going to be there? Absolutely. Maybe Because Notre the Dame's the apple of, of everybody's mm-hmm. eye in the Big Ten. And by then, we're closer to the ACC imploding. Mm-hmm. And then how? who knows what that is going to look like. Take Oregon and Washington. Keep them as long as you can. If you have to let them go, is it better to have loved than lost than never to have loved before? Oh, look at you. <laughs> <laughs> I what is that I, Robert Frost? I don't know who that was. I don't it was know my was mom, it. I think, when, uh, <laughs> when Leslie Colley dropped me. <laughs> Sounds like it came out of a Daniel Steele novel or something yeah, like that. But uh, you're you're exactly right. I so there's pushback on that, huh? Yes. I just can't understand it. Mm-hmm. Oregon has been a power program for 20 years now, mm-hmm. two decades. Washington made the playoff a few years back, but that was a program in the 80s and 90s. It was an absolute yes, monster. Absolutely. A behemoth. Uh-huh. Pac-10 titles all over the place. Steve Entman. <laughs> absolutely. They had dudes. That was a power yep. program. Pacific Northwest, new windows. Mm-hmm. You get more opportunities for those late-night windows. I say do it. Absolutely and if they leave, do it. so be it. Right. But the ACC angle, I think, is a perfect one, too. When you look at the ACC, it's going to implode. 
Yeah. It's it's going to. And I think it will do so before 36 yes, when the contract absolutely. is up. Yes. There will be a way that it will be figured out. And it might yeah, be a Florida check. State and Clemson, if they could get out today, I think oh, they'd they leave. would. Yeah. Miami, same thing. Uh-huh. They absolutely would depart if they could. They know right now that's probably not tenable. But when you put all these things together and you look at it, I think a real possibility of adding to this league those two programs, the windows that football and the networks absolutely love, you have to do it. And if yeah. they leave, so be it. Right. You're going to survive because if they depart, well, guess what? You still have that next run of ACC teams from Duke on the basketball mm-hmm. angle to an NC State, Virginia Tech, on and on. How about Virginia Tech, West Virginia all of a sudden? That's a pretty good yeah, rivalry. That's not bad. That makes yeah. sense, right? You, you put those There's their to, partner. Right. And okay, they depart, but you add three, four, six right. teams, whatever it is from the ACC, and you become a national conference I think you have to do it. I think the phone calls need to be made. You need to do that. You mentioned the uh, angle on the money side, too. $14 million, or uh, what is it? $11 million from Fox out of that 31. That's where it comes. If they go to 14 teams, Fox pays the full freight. After that, though, that is where the sticking point is. Teams 15 and 16, Fox has not said yet that they're willing to pay the full $11 million Unless they take a look at those teams yes. and they'll approve them. And if it's Oregon and Washington, I think where would. do we sign? Yes, absolutely. All right, the $1,000 home run contest is over. Uh, so if you're waiting for that, it is over this week. We are going to take our time out, come back. Nick Olson will join us. Then we're going to have Mitch Holtis for the first time and as uh, Chiefs training camp rolls on. Boy, Travis Kelsey's been getting in some brawls. It's been yeah. a spirited camp uh, down in uh, where are they? Missouri, right? What's the name of the place they t- they train in? I should know this. St. Joe. St. Joe. Um, Miller and Condon, back with Nick. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ghost Des Moines Sports Station, 106.thing.net. Hi, Melanie Condon. Welcome back. It's just past 1130 on a uh, Monday. Mitch Holt is 20 minutes. First of the Daily Chiefs report here on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Well, each and every Monday, Nick Olson joins us to talk about Iowa State, CycloneAlert.com, part of 24-7 Sports. Nick is here. Nick, I appreciate you coming on. A big day coming up for you and the rest of the media on Friday as Iowa State will hold their media days. Let's start there, Nick. Do you think, let me phrase it this way. If there is news that will be broken regarding the potential suspensions, how do you think Iowa State is going to handle it? Do you think that it'll just maybe happen organically? You guys will go, you'll listen to Campbell, do your Q&A thing, then you'll be cut loose to go onto the field to talk to the players, and it'll be, it won't take very long at all before you see or don't see some of the rumored names that are caught up with it. How do you think they're going to handle it, Nick? Yeah, kind of, you know, that's kind of the sense that I'm not sure I've been able to confirm per se, but that I've kind of gotten. I think that there definitely is this feel of wanting to, you know, be extra safe and considerate uh, with everybody that is involved. And obviously some of the potential suspensions and punishments 
will vary. So I think personally, just knowing the program a little bit and, and how this wants to be handled, I think that'd make a lot of sense. It's not throwing, you know, just random names out there for people to kind of latch on to. I think that a lot of this will be handled internally as I've gotten that sense. And then the fact is, okay, we're at media day and, you know, maybe we're not seeing these one or two or three players. I think to me that would make a lot of sense. And I think we'll get even a clearer picture in these next couple of days as fall camp actually begins. Hmm, interesting. That would be a good thing as we try to figure all this out, what the suspensions are going to look like, how long is it going to be, are there guys that are no longer with the program? I mean, just so many different layers that we get into uh, with this. So my first opportunity to talk to you since you got back from Dallas and Big 12 Football Media Days, a sense of optimism certainly from Iowa State. Everybody's optimistic. I definitely understand that. But what have you got from the fan base afterwards? On your message boards there over at Cyclone Alert, has the mood picked up? Has the excitement grown after that one? Because certainly talking to the Cyclone fans in my life, it feels like that maybe there's a little bit of lull coming out of spring football. But even after what we have lingering over with the gambling investigation, optimism seems like it's growing here over the month of July as we get ready for August camp. Yeah, dang, Trent. It has been a while, my friend. Uh, <laughs> I, I completely agree. I think that, you know, there's still segments of the fan base that need to see a little bit, you know, need to see how this plays out. I know people have enjoyed kind of speaking about basketball a lot here as well, but since we've come out of Dallas and, you know, there have just been kind of tidbits here and there and what they're showing on social media and just kind of reflecting on the possibilities of the season and really the openness of this conference, as I know we've talked about a little bit, I'm right there with you, Trent. I think that it's not quite maybe – uh, where it where it should be at this time or where it usually is, but I think it's really getting there. I mean, I've been putting a couple more football stories recently, and people seem to really be latching onto those. I see in about maybe a week, week and a half, certainly after this local media day opportunity, I think it's really going to feel normal again, no matter kind of the results of what people uh, get and what we can kind of receive and learn on Friday. And I think it will just be all eyes on fall camp and what can come next for these cyclones in 2023 you know and nick uh, and i've heard this over the last couple of uh oh i don't know months or so when we started to delve in or put our dip our toe into the football waters you know just a young team last year and then i spent the the weekend you know kind of delving into it there's a lot of sophomores and redshirt sophomores they're gonna certainly uh you would think hold um pretty prominent roles maybe particularly on the defensive side of the football um Guys like uh, Oneidam and Orange, um, uh, Mendeljun, uh, uh, Jeremiah Cooper on the back end. There's some young players that you know kind of got thrown into the fire that you would think with a full off season starting their second year in the Big Twelve, maybe that um, um, maybe that step is going to be there, and maybe it's going to be pretty obvious to all of us uh, that you know that the, this team was young last year and they are better. Yeah, Ken, I think that's really one of my top storylines. I think you hit on a lot of really solid names. I think, you know, guys like Anyetum, uh, Dom Orange, I think, is going to have a, a major impact again. Cooper on the back end. Malik Verdon should be back and healthy. Yeah, there's another one. Yeah, yep. Yeah, there's kind of this sense of obviously some really, really great and impressive talent gone to the NFL. McDonald, Johnson, Anderson, just a few guys on the defense. 
But then you look, and a lot of these young players, they not only got some opportunities, but when they were healthy, again, I think of Orange or Onyedem or Carson Willick at linebacker that I know I've mentioned here and there. I think that they did really well, and I think that they have a lot of the confidence from the staff to step into some of these roles, come in much healthier, as Campbell shared with us a couple weeks ago. The team is really in a great, healthy spot, as you'd hope for going into fall camp. And then it's just kind of a a matter of stepping into these roles, gelling as a unit, and kind of trusting the people above them. Obviously, you know, I think of what John Haycock has done and what he did last year with this defense. I think that it was very talented. I don't think most people would have had them as a top six to eight unit. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure I predict them to be top 10 again, per se, but I think top 15 to 18 is really fair. And I think a lot of Mm. those young guys kind of going to help lead that again in 2023. We know a year ago, Jirel Brock battled through injuries and the heir apparent, a guy that came in in the same class as Brees Hall, Hall became the star. And and I don't want to say an afterthought, but Brock, you know, we maybe didn't see the full thing. But another thing last year, during August camp, Cartavius Norton was getting so much buzz. He battled his own injuries. Is there a real chance that Norton becomes the guy? The power-speed combination that he has. We just saw it in glimpses out on the football field, but the buzz was significant a year ago that Norton becomes the guy. The every down back, the Brees Hall from a couple of years ago, the David Montgomery before that, that Norton becomes the bell cow this year. Yeah, Trent, I, I do think there is that chance. I, I've still kind of gotten a lot of buzz about Norton. I think that the team, you know, the staff and the program really do think highly of him. I think he showed some of those flashes. So I would say there's absolutely that chance, Trent, without a doubt. I, I don't think any of that buzz is necessarily slowed down, at least on my end. But I will say, and, and I wrote about this a little bit over the weekend, a player not just at that position, guys, but really on the entire team that I feel like has had a really strong offseason, at least kind of from what I've garnered even since the spring, is Eli Sanders. Mm. He's somebody that really brings something that, what, three to five players on the entire team potentially could have, and that's just that elite kind of top-end uh, straight-line speed. I, I think that there were times, you know, maybe not the perfect read last year. Obviously, there were some struggles with the offensive line. And again, the offense as a whole wasn't great at times. I think that's fair to say. But from what I've heard about Sanders, whether he lines up as RB1, 2, 3, whatever that looks like, I think that he's done everything that he really needed to and more uh, to kind of play a major role in the offense. And I expect you'll see a lot of both of those guys, respectively, in the backfield this fall. That's a very interesting. Mm-hmm. Norton and Sanders. Uh, we'll, we'll see about Brock, whether he's there or not on Friday. How about Arlen Harris? This is the kid that transferred yeah. from Stanford. Um, the carries might not be here there for him if it's as deep as, you know, if Sanders has taken that step, Nick. Yeah, I think he's somebody, you know, I, I got to know him a little bit just throughout his, you know, transfer recruiting process, spoke with him a little bit. And I I got the sense that he's coming in certainly expecting a role. I think that he showed his physicality and tough running ability in the spring. In the spring game, he scored a nice touchdown. But I never really got the sense he just thought he was going to come in and kind of be the guy right away. I think that if a lot of what I have heard, guys, is, is accurate on some of these names we've mentioned, I think Harris will certainly have a role. But I don't see it necessarily being quite as high as, 
you know, a couple of the names we really mentioned. I think Norton, his running style, I think is something that works really well with this Iowa State offense. I love the way that he hits the hole and can be aggressive. Health is just a major factor with him. And then Sanders, can he be that 15 to 18 carry type guy, or is it maybe single-digit carries, a couple passes out of the backfield? I think either way that really works. And then maybe you feature Harris as more of like a physical, you know, kind of closer to the goal line type guy like he showed in the spring game. I think that he'll have a role. I think that he's a great fit in this offense, but I wouldn't necessarily put him quite around that one or two spot right now. As we get ready for camp, it's an August conversation every single year. We'll probably be asking about every single week. What freshmen are going to play? Now, it is different these days because you can play up to four games and still maintain your redshirt status. But before camp even begins, who are some true freshmen that you believe are going to be out there in some kind of role coming up this season? Yeah, this is the one that I love, and you know I'm happy to take this one any time, guys. So, Obviously, I have to start with a name I've really mentioned since February, uh, and that's true freshman linebacker Jack Sadowski. Uh-huh. Uh, he'll be in kind of that middle role uh, in the linebacking core. He's really impressed. I mean, whether he's kind of in the ones or twos, he's done everything asked of him and more. He's an on-field leader. He's really impressed. Kind of the locker room and the staff, so that's an easy one uh, for me. I think you maybe would have wanted to see potentially a little more weight added onto this player so far, but Sam Samay on the edge, he's just, he's a really strong pass rusher. And obviously that's an area that Iowa State lost several stars to the next level. So I think you'll get a chance at least to see him in some type of game action. I think Ben Bramer, the true freshman tight end, to me, this is one of the deepest position groups on the entire team, but just with, kind of his build, how he came in, the weight that he's put on, and the talent and excitement that was already around him. I think those are some legitimate names. I think J.J. Cole has done just about everything expected. I'm not saying that he'll start or be the guy for a lot of the season, but wouldn't be surprised at all to see him. And then I've kind of consistently said Benny Ngoye, and then one of these true freshman tailbacks, whether it's Carson Hansen or Abu Sama, Maybe each gets to play three or four games in some type of role, but they've both impressed. I think that they came in with a little more kind of muscle and stature than people expected, and I think that those are those five or six top names, guys, that I would share right now in 23. Interesting. Samuel Same, is that what, how you say his name? Yep. Yeah, I, I believe so. That's, that's what I've heard and kind of throughout his recruiting process. Uh, he's somebody that just, similar to MJ and even a little bit Will, that natural ability to get to the passer and obviously play a role in the pass rush. I think he saw, I think I saw his weight is just still around 215, 220. That's a spot you'll want to bulk up yeah, a little bit, sure. but he can make a role in the pass rush. I could see that guy. Yeah, he's clicked on him 6'5, 210, uh, somewhere around there. You're right, needs a little bit more weight, but maybe he's got that bend and that speed coming off the edge. Uh, Jordan Lang, special teams coordinator. Do you think he'll be very popular on Friday? Will the media <laughs> want to run him down and ask how he's going to fix this? I definitely think, you know, a lot of people will want to speak uh, with Coach Lang. That'll be interesting. Obviously, I haven't been here super long, right? But we didn't have this type of role. Uh, as the SPC last year, obviously at media day. So, you know, I think that'll be good. But again, I, I mentioned it last week and on the boards as well, special teams and specifically punting with Tyler Perkins and kicking. I've heard some good things about Jace Gilbert really in this offseason. So 
I expect it to be better either way, guys, but I think Coach Lang, with kind of his attention to detail and head coaching experience, I think he's going to do some good things early on in his tenure. Uh, I was just going to say, will we get a depth chart? Will we get one? Yeah, I believe last year, though, it was it was a little bit later. I was looking at kind of my preview and, and projections, and they came a little bit later than this last year. I think that maybe we had the opportunity around media day last year, uh, but kind of some of my projections were about a week into August. All right, so we got to wait a little bit longer. It'll be the only one we'll the get. The only one we get. Yes. <laughs> and we will definitely tackle through that thing. Well, Ken mentioned about the new special teams coordinator. Also, new strength and conditioning. Now, their time's not done. They're still going to be working out during the off season, but their most important part is coming to a close here. What have you heard, what they've done in strength and conditioning, the program, the changes that they made, and, and kind of what the impact they anticipate is going to happen on the field for this season? Yeah, guys, I think that's a spot, Trent, where even you just look at some of the weights, and, you know, I've been able to kind of run into players here and there, like at the prospect camps, like I mentioned before, and it's quite obvious, kind of some of the early uh, positive outcomes that have come from Reed Kagey and the staff, I've really hit on a couple things. I actually just wrote about it this weekend. I think that they're really in a great kind of smooth motion and lockstep uh, with a lot of the actual football staff. I think that kind of some of their mentality and how they really think of things and how to approach this game with the science, specifically on the offensive line and defensive line, I think has worked really well. And then just kind of focusing so much on that actual weightlifting, you know, weight training, uh, putting on weight, putting on good weight, and getting these guys physically ready for that type of competition. I think that it sounds maybe a little bit simple how I said it, but that's really what I've garnered, whether I've you know heard it from player parents or just players here and there. That's what I feel has been kind of the biggest impact, and I think that's a major area, especially in those trenches, you're going to see those outcomes come Saturdays in the fall. Uh, Nick, uh, final 20 seconds here. What have you got coming up this week you'd like to uh, promote prior to uh, media days on Friday? Definitely, Ken. So we've got a little bit more uh, preview material for fall camp, and then we will have a 75% off sale, best sale of the year, starting tomorrow. I'd, I'd really appreciate it if people took a look, if they're interested in ISU Athletics. Good stuff, Nick. You certainly deserve it, uh, all your new subscribers, because uh, no one outworks you over there uh, covering the clones. Thank you, Nick. Have a wonderful week. Appreciate it. Talk to you next Monday, if not before. You guys, too. Thank you so much. Good to talk to you. Nick Olson, 24-7 Sports CycloneAlert.com. Mitch Holtis next. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. for details. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Trent and I have been talking about all those boxes we checked from the Super Bowl to week number one. Not a lot of boxes left to check, but one of them is when Mitch Holtis joins Trent and I each and every day for his daily training camp reports. And today is the first day of that. Let me get my pen and check that box as we move towards week number one. Uh, Papa John's here in Central Iowa sponsors our friend, the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, the defending Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs, Mitch Holtis. Mitch, Trent and Ken, welcome back. How are you? I am doing awesome, and I'm the birds of Capistrano. I just fly up on your windowsill, and here I am. <laughs> oh, we're glad to have you. The Sand Hill Cranes. I was actually up there listening to you guys. I just told Trent. 
Uh, it was phenomenal to be up there for the uh, Newton. Ivy IndyCar oh, race yeah. weekend. Yeah, I was there uh, hosting and emceeing. I like that's like all five <laughs> uh, senses flared up at once. I mean, there's so much going on those three races and four awesome concerts, and I met tons and tons of Chiefs fans. Uh, from Iowa. So it was fun, man. I enjoyed it. Now, that's good stuff. Uh, and by all accounts, it was an incredibly ses- successful a week uh, weekend uh, in Newton. Glad you were able to take it in. Uh, and now you're back to your normal gig, and that's football. And we'll get to Andy Reid in just a second. Just a couple of um, you know takeaways early, Mitch, from what's been a spirited training camp uh, so far with Kelsey getting involved, etc. Not wanting complacency to set in. That's what I think's behind it. But just a takeaway from what you've seen in the first few days of camp. Yeah, I would say this, and I don't want to, uh, I just don't want people to take this wrong, but there are guys that were on our team in Super Bowl 54 that I'm not sure would make this team. Mm-hmm. The second year guys uh, that went from last year, the Chiefs set an all time record, Ken and Trent, and the fact that they played eight rookies in uh, on defense and special teams in the AFC Championship game and the Super Bowl in Super Bowl 57, and then you throw in the two offensive guys, Pacheco and Sky Moore. So you're always wondering what will they do the second year? And honestly, to me, that's the biggest story of camp from a positive standpoint has been that progression. And then adding another young group uh, that's coming in, and we can get to that as the weeks go on. But this team has even filled in more of the spaces than they did a year ago or for sure in Super Bowl 54 championship in the 55 run. Well, Mitch, as you've probably uh, got to know me throughout the years, I understand that I like to dabble a little bit in the wagering markets out there. One of the teams I have circled every preseason is Andy Reid and those Kansas City Chiefs. He is good in preseason. And, of course, that leads to good starts early on in the season. He treats this differently preseason than a lot of coaches anymore, the McVeighs of the world. He doesn't play as starters. Not the case with Andy Reid. He wants his teams to come out hot out of the shoot, it looks like, seemingly every single year. Trent, it's the question and really the thesis of the day to me. that, And we have so many people trying to knock us off, and I get it. It's the nature of the game. And the AFC is loaded. Mm. But until the rest of these teams figure it out, which means it's not just camp, it's OTAs, it's mini camp. They have to be maximized. And Coach Reid challenges these guys. Uh, he runs as much of an old-school camp as you can under the current rules, but it pays off. But it's not just physical with Andy Reid. He puts a lot on these guys starting even back in May. There's a, there's a physical part of it. There's a mental part getting through camp, knowing the plays. When you're tired, you've got 10 installs basically, and, and you've got to, you, know, you have to master those. That's both sides of the ball. So you've got to stay sharp. When you're tired, physically beat up, you're building a foundation really for January and hopefully February. And, uh, and so at the latter part of the latter quarter of the season, into the playoffs, if you're lucky enough to get there, um, then you've got this foundation this, that you can, you can bank on. And then the early part of the season when it's hot, you're going to be in good enough condition where you can get through those games and you're not worried about being hot and tired. You're going to be able to work through it and, and play your best game and give you an opportunity to, to do what you do best at, at playing. They're 25-8 and eight in September under Andy Reid. They're 13 and three in September with Patrick Mahomes. Wow. But that also leaves them 12 and five in September when they had Alex Smith in quarterback. This is not a uh, until the rest of the league. And guys, this is something for you guys to talk about. I think these younger coaches are trying to manage players with their agents who are saying we don't need OTAs or let's go throw, let's play frisbee golf or something. <laughs> and 
Uh, we've had new players, Charles Amenahu. I'll get into these guys in the weeks go on. And, and, and uh, Drew Tranquil we got from the Chargers. And they're like, man, this is for real. But we also see why they win games. And so it's, it's all calculated and very well done by Andy Reid, but they, he demands a lot out of these guys. One of the guys I hope we get into, just because I'm rooting for him, and I think we talked about him last year, Justin Ross, a kid from Clemson who had all of those yep. I mean, just devastating injuries. Uh, he essentially had a red shirt year last year, if you will. Um, I've seen a lot of Twitter on Justin Ross so far in camp, Mitch. What can you tell us? Well, he's a social media phenomenon. That's, uh, but I would tell you, yes, you can see the potential, but everybody just needs to kind of pump the brakes on it. Not that, not to bring him down. It's just that, you know, we're thinking he's going to cause a cure for world hunger. Like, no, he's, he's in there with the rest of these guys, but he's, he's propelling nicely. Now, he is a big story. Can he come back from all of those injuries? But think of a Jarek McKinnon who went two full years and did not even play in this league. And then last year, he flourished to set an NFL record, catching a touchdown pass as a running back for seven straight weeks. That had never happened in the history of the league. So you hope with Justin Ross that it could be a Jarek McKinnon kind of renaissance or feel-good story. He's got the talent. It's just a matter of him capturing this offense, which is that's part of the stuff, too, that like Trent was alluding to. I mean, this offense has over north of 800 plays. That's incredible. And, and the receivers <laughs> in this offense have to have to know every position. So you can almost say they got to know 2,400 plays. So uh, they, let, they have to learn like three languages. But uh, he's doing okay. He's doing okay. But I tell everybody, hey, just hang on. This isn't, you know, this isn't Jerry Rice just yet. So this morning down in St. Joe, a little overcast, some rainy conditions for most NFL teams. That means, well, we're practicing inside today. Not the case with Andy Reid. He wanted the guys to work in the elements. And just another one of those just small things that Reid does that – is not commonplace anymore in the NFL. We're going to play it rain at some point. We have to be out there. We have to see how we react. I just lo- another thing to love about Andy Reid. No question, and he'll allude to it because we're going to play in the rain sometime this year, or in the cold, or in the. I mean, we all know what the AFC West is like. You're going to have all kinds of. If you're not indoors, if you're playing, you know, at Denver, Kansas City, you're going to have a lot of stuff. But anyway, one thing is the pristine nature of the field and how quickly they can drain. We've had a lot of rain. Uh, overnight, and those fields were draining in awesome grass, a uh, rye uh, Bermuda grass mix. That's one. Two is then the fact that Andy will call back on this day. He'll go, remember on July 31, we got out on the soggy field. You guys can play in the rain. This, you were built for this. You trained for this. So, yes, it's all part of this training regimen that Andy Reid has. Uh, let's uh, spend our final minute talking about the Donaldson's Papa John's here in Central Iowa, where they make this possible every year. Yep, and they're going to just, and being on at 10 and noon, man, I'm hungry. Guys are killing me <laughs> because uh, Matt just said, hey, talk about the large garlic epic stuffed crust pizza. Mm-hmm. And I'm just dying to have it. Uh, it's only thirteen ninety nine, so check it out. Uh, we're getting into state fair time, right? We're getting ready for Pretty college close. football. You're right, NFL football's here. So large garlic epic stuffed crust pizza, thirteen ninety nine, And, you know, with Tom and Matt Donaldson and all their people, you're not just buying pizza. You're helping some great causes in Iowa because that's how they roll. Indeed it is. Mitch, great to have you back. Talk to you tomorrow. Thank you, Mitch Holtis. All right. Uh, tomorrow's Mahomes. We'll talk to you. Oh, well, good stuff. <laughs> That'll be a popular topic. Yes. Take care. Thanks, Mitch. See <laughs> you Yep, take care. Uh, that'll be good. Now, Patrick Mahomes tomorrow at this time. We'll talk about him. Pick his brain on what he thought. Did Holtis watch quarterbacks, do you think? Maybe just a little bit. 
I got to think he did. Yeah. Saw Justin Ross uh, catching a touchdown from a home in the rain today. I'm rooting for the kid, Trent. Yes. I really am. Devastating. Oh, devastating. Early in his career at Clemson. He He was going to be any kind of player. Star. Yep. Uh, Hour number two. uh, Baseball conversation with Matt Snyder from CBSSports.com. Trade deadline is 29 hours away from right now. We'll talk uh, baseball with Matt Snyder. Scott Dockerman on the Hawks, Trent's Plays of the Day. Hour 2 next, Miller and Condon, 106.3 KXNO.